Hey everyone, it's that time once again for the Making Geeks podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Josh. I'm Wes. And this is episode 121. Before we get started, um, a lot of you know that a couple weeks ago, um, Mark had to step away from the podcast. He needed to focus a little bit more on family and his new job that he is going uh, forward with, along with some other schooling and things that he was doing, which effectively left kind of like an open seat for the podcast. Well, we are happy happy to announce that that seat has been filled by Mr. Donovan Ewing from the Once Upon a Workbench YouTube channel. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> That's a really subdued yay. <laughs> yay. I'm more excited about it than that, I promise. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> What's up, Donovan? Great to have you. Thank you. Excited to be here. It's been a dream of mine to be on a podcast. <laughs> I hear they're pretty. Uh, I hear they're pretty rare. You know, there's not many yeah. of these around, <laughs> especially maker podcasts. You know, there's not many of us. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think we're uh, we're swimming in good water, though. I think so too. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing this week? Good. Doing well. Trying to remember what went on this week. <laughs> As for me, um, <clears throat> I was going to put my uh, video up for the Legend of, Zabel, Legend of Zelda epoxy table. Um, it, it wasn't quite right, uh, and so I decided that there was more stuff that I need to film for it to make it good. Uh, not perfect, but just good. And so I, uh, I'm putting that off until probably Monday when I'll, I'll finally release my new format content video. So that's what I've been working on. What isn't quite right about it? Um, so my daughter and I recorded this uh, um, kind of audio narrative back and forth. Something similar to like the Princess Bride, you know, going over the story of making the table and her making comments and me responding and things like that. And it wasn't, it, there was something about it that was just a little off. Like it didn't, it just didn't feel quite right. And so I realized that we needed to have some kind of setup of her and I in front of the camera with the table kind of showing that the cake is not a lie at the beginning of the video. So like showing the table and then showing us and then going into the dialogue and then going into the narration. And I think that will work a lot better than what it is right now. Very cool. Can't wait to see the video. I know that's been such a you know long process. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be working on another stuff. See, I've been editing video a lot this week. We've been trying to keep uh, the lead that I like to make stuff. We put out a video today about uh, 3D printed epoxy rolling pin thing. So that kind of went back to a conversation we had a couple weeks ago about like epoxies and silicones and stuff going bad. And that project I attempted to make probably two or three months ago. Because it's a it's like a spiral shape, but it's housed inside of its own mold, so that you could just pour epoxy inside it, and then the three D printed cylinder on the outside would just hold it all in. Well, like the print kept failing, and then I took apart the Ultimaker uh, two plus that we were using because I thought that one of the drive gears was clogged, and then I put it back together incorrectly, so I made it worse. <laughs> and then when I finally figured out that it was me. I, we fixed it. We got a print, and then all the epoxy that we used was garbage, and it never set up, and it was just a big blob, and then it leaked out of the bottom all over <laughs> the big, like, center workbench that we have. And so, like, that project was just, it was doomed for a while. But it finally worked out, and it looked really cool, and it looks really pretty now. But, uh, yeah, we've been making a lot of headway with a bunch of stuff. There's <laughs> there's a, a a big, silly thing in our office that, I think neither one of us can wait to share with everybody. But if you guys watch the live stream, like I know that uh, Donovan, you're on the live stream on Twitch that I like to make stuff live stream. You've seen Dan, the mm-hmm. the shore shore trooper. Yep. So Dan is a Dan's a person, <laughs> and it's cool. Yeah, it is. It has come together remarkably quickly recently, as opposed to everything that he's been doing with that for the past, gosh, I don't know what year last well, longer. Yeah. It's been longer than that. It's been a long time. But yeah. So Dan's a, 
Dan's a thing now. And we can't wait to share it with everybody, but it's kind of cool. Wes, what are you going to have to? Uh, we got our dog finally. So we got a new puppy. He's not really a puppy. He's four years old, but a new puppy to us. You know what I mean? Uh, he's a husky. He has been doing good. He's just like his fourth day now. Uh, and he started off with a couple accidents, but you know, new environment, new home, mm-hmm. uncertain. That's kind of goes with the territory sometimes. Um, but besides that, he's been really good. Sleeps through the night. Doesn't isn't too high maintenance. Um, yeah, it's been good. Cool. So it's taken a lot of our attention from other things this week, but it's a good thing. It's good to hear the little pitter patter of feet across the floor because it's it's funny that's one of the things that we missed when our dogs uh passed away like we didn't expect to miss that you know it's like a thing you don't really think about just throughout the day you don't hear the scampering and stuff so i feel like everything you just said about your dog i could have said about my daughter and it would have been (laughs) appropriate (laughs) aside for the pitter-patter of you know right man she's getting along pretty good it's pretty fast yeah but besides that, uh, nothing too much on the maker front. Uh, I've got my um, younger sister visiting from Florida. She lives in Clewiston, uh, just on the south of Lake Okeechobee, I think that's right. Mm. And a uh, kind of small town, but I, we flew her up for the week. That's kind of fun. And, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's my turn. Um, so... It's been a busy week. So last week I, or last Sunday I celebrated my wedding anniversary and we went to Harry Potter World at, or went to Universal Studios, but mainly spent a lot of time at the Harry Potter World, which was a lot of fun and gave me so many ideas of things that I want to make, especially for the uh, Art of Geek Challenge that I think is Harry Potter this month. Is that right? It It is. Yeah. It is Harry Potter this month. Yeah. There's a couple of key things I, I really want to try to make and build. I just, I don't know if I'll be able to make it this month, but it's it's on the list at some point. Um, had my birthday yesterday. Um, yeah, happy birthday. I thought it was today. Nope, yesterday. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Finally finished the uh, all the footage for the Arc Reactor video, and I'm like 90% done with the video. I just have to have enough time to do the voiceover, and I'll finally get that out, and then I'll be able to start the other two projects. I need to get done within the next two or three weeks because the holidays are going to get even crazier. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. But it's been busy. Super cool. So with Donovan coming on today, we thought it would be a good idea to not only like have him introduce himself to kind of everybody in this venue, uh, but we want to know more about him. And in that way, he should know more about us. So we talked about having like a round of kind of icebreaker questions so that if we have a lot of new listeners who may not know a lot about us individually, I don't know where you fall on your your listening habits, but you can learn more about the new cast of the Making Geeks podcast. What do you guys think about that? I dig it. I'm for it. Sounds good to me. I've forgotten most of the stuff you guys have told me about yourself, so I need a refresher. It's been almost three years. You know, memories are fading. (laughs) <laughs> so uh donovan you said you had some questions but i think we'll we'll stick first off to kind of the the three pillars right we're, we're makers we're dads and we're geeks so where can everybody like i know we we do the like all our channels at the end so donovan where can people find you on the internet where can you prove your geekiness to the world through social media uh, on social media, uh, I stick mainly to Instagram at Once Upon a Workbench, and then I have a YouTube channel, which used to be The Beardless Man, uh, that I've now converted over to Once Upon a Workbench. So the old videos are still there, and then next week uh, I'll have my my new video with my new brand and new logo and new direction uh, up on that. So just between the two, Instagram and YouTube. Sweet. So, as a dad, do you have kids? How I old do. are they? I, uh, I have three kids. Uh, I have a six-year-old daughter. I have a four-year-old son. And then my wife and I just had a baby a few weeks ago. Um, so, you know, 
It's you're, not a dog. You're invested in that. It's a baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I am, I'm thoroughly invested. Yep. So I'm a dad. I love being a dad. It's like the best thing in the world. So, so. and a geek, right? So you've done... Uh, give us an overview of the things that you feel like if you had... Hmm, let me see. If you had four posters on your wall, what would be on those posters, right? In your living room. If someone comes in your house, you go, man, this guy really likes... Gosh. Bang, bang, bang. You get four. Four posters. Um, <clears throat> four and you posters. guys you guys are going to get this question next, so start thinking. Uh, it would probably be... One would be uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, because that is my favorite like series of movies with one of my favorite directors. And I have watched the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings all 30 hours, like, I don't know, 10 times through, 11 times through. I have invested a lot of my life into learning everything about Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, all, yeah, all of it. Um, and it's it's one of the very few things that my wife and I can geek out about together. And so that is something that, that we can enjoy doing together without her rolling her eyes or, you know, hmm. like you do. <clears throat> um, the second poster uh, would probably. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Okay, there's okay. one. If you need more time to think, we can go around and kind of do one at a time. Okay, let's do that. There you go. This is my Wes, thinking. Wes, what's the first poster on your wall? I would say Back to the Future. Or do we need to go back and like do the kids and stuff too before that? Oh. Yeah, let's keep the. Yeah, let's, revi- we'll keep yeah, let's revise. A rough format. Yes. Because we're semi professionals. Yes. <laughs> well, Maker, known as Geeksmithing Online on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. I dabble a little bit, not too much. Uh, I post geeky projects of me smithing geeky projects, making geeky stuff. Usually it's like nostalgia driven and any material that I want to investigate, basically. Uh, I've got two kids, a seven year old daughter and a two year old, sorry, no, five year old. Four and a half year old, Man. four and a half year old son. Yes, there you go. It's a lot of a lot of numbers and uh, geekiness for my first poster. I would say Back to the Future as far as inspiration, and I can keep going back to that that movie series over and over again. All right, I can John? go next. What about you? Uh. The first poster I had, well, uh, that's right. We're starting a word like that. Um, <laughs> so on online, uh, primarily YouTube and Instagram, although I do have Twitter where I post stuff uh, every now and then, go by uh, Geek Builders. Um, I try to focus on geek-related props, but a lot of the times it is focused on just you know needs and solving problems. Um, I have two kids. I have a son who is nine and a daughter who is seven. And the poster on the wall, I'll start with the first one, would be uh, The Matrix. Actually, I do have that poster on the wall right here in my office. Hmm. So you can find my work at the PI Workshop, which is an extension of our homeschool, because we're a homeschool family. So a lot of our videos, when I was making videos on my own, are about like working with my kids or either traveling, because we lived in an RV for a while. But now I work uh, with Bob Claggett and I like to make stuff, so you can find me there too. I have three kids. I have an eight-year-old son, a four-year-old son, and a three-year-old daughter. And my first poster that would immediately be forced to be taken down would be of MacGyver <laughs> with the mullet. The mulleted MacGyver. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my second poster uh, would probably be of Mickey Mouse or something specifically Disney related. And I say that because uh, I used to work for Disney. Uh, I was an animation intern down in Florida with the hand-drawn animation uh, back before they shut the program down and you know focus solely on computers. Um, and my name comes from a Disney movie. I used to work for Disney. I used to be a recruiter for Disney. There is a very significant portion of my life that was related to the mouse. So the hmm. second poster would be the mouse. All right, Wes. 
Uh, it would see a second poster. Probably like an NES controller or a Nintendo logo. Probably. Um, if you even peruse my Instagram for a few minutes, or even just look at my videos on <laughs> YouTube, you'll see that a lot of them have to do with Nintendo um, IP, either Zelda or you know Mario Kart, things like that. Uh, just a lot of my childhood was spent playing Nintendo as like an escape from other things that were not as pleasant to face as a child, like you know family issues and things like that. So that was kind of my hideaway uh, from that. So um, definitely enjoy um, reminiscing and kind of showing my kids the ways of Nintendo. So they're they both started on NES. It, they don't explicitly play that, but that's the first controller I put in both of their hands. And Grant loves playing like Mega Man 2, and uh, he can get to the end of a couple stages of Mega Man X uh, for Super Nintendo, which is pretty... It, it brought a tear to my eye, I'll have to say. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, my second one would be Star Wars. First one came out the year I was born, and it's been a pretty significant part of my life. Um, since then, Josh, I think one of mine would have been star Wars. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback with you. I was one of those things as a kid, like Wes, how you talk about, you put a NES controller, like my mom sat me down and we watched star Wars. And it was the first thing that became this, like, Oh, you, you have preferences of, of your own. <laughs> You're not just the lady who makes me lunch and, takes me to school and stuff like you actually enjoy things like hmm. apparently she enjoyed star Wars and kiss <laughs> and all kinds of other weird stuff Yeah, as a kid that I thought was weird, but yeah, star Wars would definitely be a poster on my wall. Cool. Um, <clears throat> my third poster, funny story. Uh, I used to have a, <laughs> a life size, um, fi- figure of Laura Croft. Um, uh, because uh, back in my filmmaking days, I was part of a um, of a group that we had a video game review show, and we partnered with um, some game developers and a lot of video game stores and GameStop and whatnot uh, to review video games, to host live events and all this other kind of stuff. And um, when the reboot of Tomb Raider came out, uh, one of the gifts that was given to me by GameStop was a was a life size. Laura Croft, um, <clears throat> because <laughs> because Tomb Raider uh, is one of my favorite series of games, and the reason why it is is because I I do I love video games and I love playing video games and there's a lot of games that are my favorite, but only Tomb Raider has ever inspired me to like go out and experience the world. Um, I love playing those games because it makes me want to go spelunking and go climb a mountain and go do stuff other than just play a game. And so that has always been one of my favorite series of, of games. So that would be my third poster or a life-size Laura Croft. Hmm. Just duct tape her to the wall. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was a little embarrassing for a while, but I got over it. So, Which, uh, which reboot? Are you talking about specifically the uh, the, fir- the first <clears throat> the first Angelina one? Angelina Jolie. No, 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 no. The video. Okay. Games. Oh, the video. Games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Where she has the ice pick as her main weapon. Yep. Yep. That was good. Yep. Hmm. My my third one. I would say probably either probably like a space shuttle taking off would be mm. a, a good synopsis because I, I love aerospace stuff and i was in the navy worked on airplanes i'm love nasa related pretty much anything um so i've got a deep appreciation for everything that has to do with that and probably get more emotional for nasa related things than most people like i have fond memories of watching different events like even i couldn't be there in person which most of the time i couldn't for different like launches and 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 things I remember this one time I was in Best Buy and I watched a live event of a capsule. I think it, had, it was like for the Stardust mission. It was capturing solar particles and it was returning to Earth and it was supposed to have a parachute and get caught in midair by a helicopter. And hmm. they timed it wrong and it barreled, it crashed into the desert 
at like 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and I watched that live. I was like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to be so cool. And then it like crashed. I was like, what? What's happening right now? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I got too emotional, but it's kind of funny. It was a UFO that crash landed in the desert. Fun fact. Hmm. And somehow they were able to retrieve the particles out of that. I have no idea. If you look at the pictures online, the thing was like completely obliterated. I don't know how they determine what's a speck of solar wind and a speck of sand or scorpion poop. I don't know. It's amazing. (laughs) I think the third poster on my wall would be for the uh, movie Real Genius. I remember growing up, watching that film, there was something that caught my attention, and that film kind of represented what I thought and wanted college to be like. Mm. wasn't even close besides the fact that I didn't even pursue anything you know related to that but it was that idea of um I guess kind of like inventing and kind of being on your own that was really attractive and I I actually still show that film to um one of my classes uh, every year and kind of I don't even know why just kind of tradition that we started doing with AP classes mm. but I still like that film it's a lot of fun do you make them fill out worksheets when they watch it like a true public school teacher? No, because that's the only film they get to watch watch the entire year. It's, it's during final, you know, it's after they finish their final. Ah, we don't really show films much anymore. I think my third one would be Goodwill Hunting because it it was a movie that caught me at that kind of formidable moment in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do, or you know, I thought I had a lot of aspirations, but I had no direction. And I wanted to go see things, but I lived in a small town in the panhandle of Florida and not a lot of people left and everybody just kind of hung out and stayed. And I always wanted to do more, but didn't really know how. And I remember seeing that movie and having a lot of people going like, you should do this or you should go do this. And then no one really asked me what I wanted to do. People told me what I should do. And then I got to decide what I wanted to do. And so I got to travel the world and joined the military and just did a bunch of crazy things that were completely out of the ordinary. But at that movie, yeah, it kind of hit you at, you know, certain things hit you at that right spot. And that one, that one really did. And so that's how that's definitely got a spot in the wall. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah. All right. Last one. All right. Last one is one I already have on my wall. Uh, It's my name in Chinese. Nice. It's in scroll form and not poster form, but still. Allowed. Yeah, that would that would be my uh, my my last poster on the wall. Because you like your name in different languages. <laughs> no, I uh, I used to live in China, um, love the Chinese culture and the people, and um, and yeah, yeah. Hmm. For my last one, that's tough. I'll I'll probably say uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation poster. Just to differ from your Star Trek or Star Wars uh, <laughs> fanboy isms, I actually in, grew up liking that series a lot more than Star Wars. Um, for some reason, uh, I guess just had family members that watched it, and I think I I did I didn't catch any of the movies, the initial three in the theaters. I think I was too little, but I don't know. It was I didn't we never had any of the VHS of them, and they just kind of came on TV randomly. So I never really got super exposed to them, super little. Um, but different iterations of the Star Trek series would be on TV almost all the time. So I enjoyed the intellectual kind of side of it. I left. I would seem to like whenever you finish an episode. Um, in in my experience, there's a lot of times like you'll have you'll, you'll carry some thoughts with you past the end of the episode where it'll make you think about stuff like morality and humanity and things like that, where star Wars is just like, there's nothing left over to me. Like there's nothing prolonged hmm. like, Oh, the lightsaber battle. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's stuff to think about, but it doesn't, it's not as cerebral. I guess. So I like star Trek more. My last Nerd one, fight. <laughs> <laughs> my last one would probably be, um, the social network. Hmm. Besides being a, a huge fan of the film, I, I love the film. It's probably one of my favorite films. Um, it, it does a couple different things. So one, it, it kind of mimics uh, this fantasy I had when I was younger about going to college and working or going away to school somewhere, which I wasn't able to do. 
and working on something that had meaning, I guess, um, you know, conceptually. But the other thing is I, I worked in tech for a lot of years. I did web design. I did, um, you know, network consulting and I was a part of something well, actually before that movie even started, I was, I was working on things that were similar that just never took off. And September 11th actually stopped the progress that I was making with the, the company I was working for and had to switch gears. So every time I watch that film, I get a little bit nostalgic about working um, in some similar environments and similar projects, um, although without the, the partying and the lawsuits and everything else. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my fourth. All right, I'm going to go for the, the brownie point answer. But it's also really true is the one poster I have in my workshop is a poster of my wife and I on a catamaran in the Florida Keys when we were 18 or 19. I don't remember. So I'm going to go for brownie points. But it's a poster of me and my wife that we I've known her since like <laughs> middle school. Um, she yep, listens to the show, right? <laughs> she, I hope so. Because she claims that we never talk about her. But not only is it like the love of, of my wife, but it's the love of the water. Like I grew up on the beach my whole life. I'm a, a rescue scuba diver. And so being here in Kentucky now, like that's the one thing that like the itch I can't scratch. Like I can't go diving. I have a swimming pool and so I'll bust out a wetsuit when it gets cold and I'll go in there and hang out. But <laughs> I I missed beach. I missed the water. I missed diving. But that poster like – it's so perfect because I, I feel like that moment, like we went, it was a spring break. And so we just went off to the keys because my roommate's grandmother had a house that she wasn't staying in. So it was like, I'm an adult right now. And like, this is the girl that I want to be with. And it was just a picture. Like it was a picture on those wind up cameras that I got blown up into a poster for some anniversary that we had. But yeah, I keep that one because it's awesome. So ha. Should have included your wives, you heathens. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know a little bit more about each other. Donovan, you had some questions, right? All right. First one. What is the stupidest way you've ever gotten hurt? Mm. While you think about it. Uh, so when I was younger, my dad, uh, one of the jobs that he did was to restore old houses that were like 100 years old. Um, to go in and to update the wiring and to update the insulation, all that kind of stuff. And I was a very lanky, wiry kid. And so what he would do is he would take me uh, with him to send me up in the attics and the crawl spaces and whatnot uh, so that I could pull wire, do whatever it was he needed to do. Well, the first time that he took me, uh, I didn't understand how houses were made back then. And so when I went up into the attic... I saw the, you know, the joists and everything like that. Uh, but I saw these other boards that were connected to the joists uh, and no insulation. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird because I was expecting like insulation and sheetrock and, you know, like a house is built. But back then they didn't do that. They would they would nail boards to, you know, to the two by fours and then they would plaster over that. And then they would, you yeah. know, wallpaper or whatever. Anyways. And so I was crawling up in the attic, and I'm like, hey, Dad, what are these boards between the big boards? And I stepped on one and fell through the ceiling. Nice. I did. It was uh, – my dad didn't think it was funny. I thought it was hilarious because I got stuck at chest level, and so he comes into the kitchen. He's like, what's going on? Because there was these pair of legs just dangling <laughs> from the ceiling. Anyways, he pushed me up, and I got back into the attic – and I was like, oh, man, that was close. And I went and I took another step. I took another step and went right through. <laughs> and on the way down, uh, there was there happened to be – I tried to catch myself and there happened to be an old nail. And it caught my wrist and cut my wrist open. And so I have this scar of where I got cut open falling through the ceiling the second time. Man, that's, that's Chevy Chase word. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Your turn. I was in animation school in North Raleigh. I'm a wife is probably expecting this story. And I've probably told it on here before, but uh, it was a 3D animation course. And we were going over different types of locomotion for humans, like running, 
skipping, jumping, galloping, every sort of different one you could think of. And we had a camera set up and we were recording ourselves doing this by the camera to get a cycle to animate with, to have reference footage. And so we were trying to think all the different ways a human can move. And we did the this all the standard ones that you could think of. I think I was maybe, I don't know what age, 23, I believe, 24. Uh, and there was a wall that we were outside. And we were running by this wall. And one of the things I decided to try to do was to take like a step up onto the wall, like not on top of the wall, but just kind of I mean, like a foot high, kind of do a couple steps off of the wall and come back down. Like parkour wall running? Like parkour, yeah, exactly, wall running. Like two steps worth. Not off of anything, not through nothing hard. I did that, landed, and I heard a crack, and I broke my ankle. And I got that on film. <laughs> so it was a different kind of locomotion I was not expecting to have. Was you had, you had injury reference. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so at the time, I worked at Best Buy part-time when I wasn't in school. So (laughs) it was my first Black Friday, uh, and I was working in the digital camera department, and I was in a wheelchair. I could have been on crutches, but that would have been more awkward to get through, like, the sea of people on Black Friday. So I had a a wheelchair with my foot, like, elevated. (laughs) Like, how can I help you? Welcome to Best Buy. Oh, man, it was bad. It was the first time I ever broke anything, too. And it wasn't even that high. It wasn't... I have no idea how I did that. It was just I landed in just the wrong way, and I broke my tibia, which is apparently the hardest bone in your foot to break. And it's usually like when I went to your leg. I'm sorry, not tibia. uh, um, Crap, you're right. One of Grant's teachers recently broke her, so that was on my mind. Um, Talus. Thank you. The talus. So it's the largest uh, uh, bone in your foot. And apparently, when I went in to get the X-rays. They asked if I like fell off a roof because it's a, apparently a common injury for roofers when they fall off because your foot like hyperextends this way when you land and that's what does it. And it's either roofers or fighter pilots because they have their feet on the rudder pedals. And when they if they crash, then the rudder they keep going. The rudder pedals stop their feet and they bend backwards. And that that's what breaks. So, yeah, I just it was just like on a wall, like well, a foot high. That's what did it. Just a perfect storm. I guess <laughs> triangulation to that point, but yeah, that was pretty stupid. Now you have something in common with fighter pilots. That's right, and roofers. <laughs> and roofers. Mine isn't much of it. Was the? I'm Josh. sorry. Was it the dumbest? The dumbest way? <clears throat> sure. Yeah, dumbest. Okay. You want to go, Sean? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to follow up parkour injuries or anything. Hardcore. Well, mine parkour. was. Uh, it was a stupid combat injury. So I was deployed to Iraq and um, I thought I got shot by uh, our own gun. So I was a, a Black Hawk helicopter crew chief. And so we had these two machine guns that were on the side of the helicopter. And I was the instructor and I was the master gunner. And I would teach these people how to, how to shoot stuff from helicopters. And this one time, this gun had a, a weapons jam. So the bullets got stuck. And the thing stopped working, so we safed the weapon like you're supposed to, so it can't be a threat. And we just kind of hung it down off the side, and then we were going back to where we lived. And it was at night, and so the guy I was training, you know, I was talking to him over the intercom, and I was standing outside the helicopter, and I was, like, right up against this gun. I'm like, all right, well, we got to open up this thing. And as soon as we opened up, it's called the fee tray, where the bullets go, we open up, and bam, the gun just shot. It went off. And it's a, a 7.62 bullet. So it's, I mean, it's a pretty big bullet. And like it was crazy scary. And it was like, I, I looked down and there was like the smoke and the, it, we were on concrete. And my arm, like right up underneath my bicep, was like throbbing. I'm like, holy crap, you just shot me. I'm like, I cannot believe I just got shot. So I like grabbed my arm really hard, thinking, like, it's at night. I can't tell. And I've got gloves and like layers of stuff on. And I'm still hooked up to the helicopter, so you can hear all the people talking. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like, just got shot. Like, "Oh my god, we gotta go get him!" And I like, I run off toward the like, 
aid station because I'm like, I got freaking shot. And I'm like, on the way, my heart rate is going crazy. And I'm like, All right, I can still feel my fingers. I still do this. And so, like, I stopped. And I took my headlamp and I looked. And I wasn't bloody. And I just had a hole in my my flight suit. And then I, like, shook my arm and I had a chunk of concrete. And a chunk of concrete had kicked up off the ground and went through my sleeve and hit me in the arm. And hmm. it didn't puncture me at all, but I had a little, I had a pretty gross looking bruise on the underside of my bicep and this little piece of concrete that I like shook out of my, shook out of my sleeve. <laughs> and then a whole lot of curse words for a whole lot of people after that. So it hurt and it was stupid. And I thought I like got shot in the arm. How did it accidentally go off? Oh, we recreated it. That gun had a problem where if the bullets get caught up in the can that they were in, that they're under tension. And so it tries to pull it, and it's stuck. And so it will start slowing down, and uh, you can actually safe safe the machine gun. But when you open up and you release that pressure, it'll slide the bolt forward and it'll shoot. And so we had to actually recreate it for these... These people that thought that uh, that I and this guy were being negligent, and we're like, no, 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 we can do it again. And so we did it a bunch of times. Huh. And so I had to wear this uniform with a hole like under my armpit for a while until I get a new one. I'm not sure how well I could follow <laughs> up that story. Uh, <laughs> the the stupidest injury I ever had was actually um, self inflicted. I wrestled in high school, and my junior year. Um, uh, actually the first wrestling match of the year I go out and wrestle and I, I get beat within about you know 25-30 seconds and my, my head wasn't in it I wasn't focused and I was I was just I was upset I was pissed and I didn't know what to do with all this frustration and anger I had so I turned and I punched the side of the gym wall the, the wall of the gym they had about 2 inches of padding on it and I felt better but I had punched it hard enough that I broke the bone in my hand. So basically the, the metatarsal that's connected to the pinky and put myself out for the season. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I had to learn to deal with my anger a little bit better. But luckily enough, it healed in time for baseball season. But yeah, probably the stupidest injury I've had. When I was in high school, I was a camp counselor at the YMCA. And we were playing in the gym. And this one kid was like full sprinting across the gym and wanted to stop himself on those pads that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, he stuck both his arms out to like crumple zone himself, like against the pad. Cause he didn't want to slow down. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> no joke. That kid broke, uh, both ulnas in his, like his forearm, the bone connects to your thumb <laughs> or is that your radius? One or the other, the radius or your own, like he broke both of them. And so he had to come to like the, like, to camp in this like full, he can't put his arms down kind of cast system. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're dumb. <laughs> those I, things are not padded. Pad that should be a whole different word for those things. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's ironic or coincidental, but the year before my my very first res, uh, varsity wrestling match when I was a sophomore, I actually broke the guy. Well, I didn't break the guy's arm, but I was pushing him down towards the mat, and he braced his arm the same way, and it broke. Nice. Hardcore. Yeah, there's like in- injury almost every during every Beast mode. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what else you got? Oh, you want me to throw another one out there? Sure. Does anybody else have one? I can no. do that. Before before I ask you this next question, I have to tell you a story. So a friend of mine that I used to work with at a, at a cabinet shop for a little while, uh, when he was dating his wife, him and his wife got married pretty quick, like within a matter of like weeks of meeting each other. Um, but he, when they first started dating, I guess the first week they started dating, he was really like this girl. But he wanted to know that like he wanted to make sure it was going to work. He wanted to make sure that he could be comfortable in front of this girl. And so one day they were out, they were walking around uh, and they were talking and and he grabbed his grabbed her hands and he's like. I love you. I want to be with you, but I want to be comfortable in front of you. And so, and so we farted. And she laughed and he's like, "All right, this is going to work." So, the question is, what is uh 
what is an embarrassing story you have with you and your wife? Mm. I, I'll go back to the, this kind of blends into the injury thing. As when we were dating, we were walking on the beach at night one time and I tried to be super suave and I tried to like run up and pick her up and, oh, very like, very cinematic. Well, when I went to go pick her up, the sand was, it was kind of packed, but it was kind of wet and my foot slipped and my face went right down on my kneecap, like with her in my hands. And so not only did I like pick her up awkwardly and then drop her, but I like broke my nose. Like my nose started bleeding because I just like full on slammed my face right into my own knee <laughs> that was planted like with my foot planted in the sand. It was the least romantic, most ridiculously awkward turned into like, oh, my God, are you OK? Do we need to go to the hospital? Like, <laughs> super dumb. That's fantastic. But with that farting thing, I think the moment that I realized that like we were going to be married forever was that like if you could you could go poop while the other person brushes their teeth and make eye contact with the person. <laughs> They're like, this is this is gonna work out in our nope. favor. Nope. That's it, Donovan, nope. Donovan just quit. <laughs> no. Nope. There are still mysteries in my marriage. That is what I will not fart in front of my wife. I won't let go to the bathroom in front of my wife. Just nope. My wife broke that toll like that going to the bathroom thing. Cause when we were in college, um, she was over at my apartment one time and I remember going into the bathroom and I, my roommate and I shared a bathroom. I'm like, Jared, Oh my God, this is death in here. Like, what did you eat? He's like, that wasn't me, man. <laughs> and Tiff was like, Oh yeah, that was me. I was like, ew. And it was the <laughs> first time in my life that I don't know why, like I was a smart kid, but it equated to me that like girls actually poop. I'm like, eh, well, I'll be. <laughs> For some reason, I thought they somehow just converted everything to urine, and that's why it was a joke to like girls pee all the time or whatever. I'm like, ew, girls poop. Like, for real, though. Like, ew. <laughs> like, well, hmm. Let's go through this tunnel together. All sorts of things being revealed today. I don't know. <laughs> um, I could tell my next. Uh, I don't remember if my wife and I were still just dating if we were engaged, but I was working, I was working graveyard security and I would leave for work like around 10. Um, but she'd come over usually in the evening. I'd, I'd cook her dinner or something before I had to go to work. So one night I decided to make her, um, like a grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. I think it was like during the winter or something, just, you know, something simple for dinner. And so I, I cook, uh, I cook dinner and we eat and she's eating the tomato soup. And she kind of paused and goes, this is, you know, what did you put in this? Why is it, why is this so, you know, so spicy? It doesn't, doesn't taste quite right. And I ate it because I have low standards when I eat. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you just got a decent flavor, a little bit of tang. I don't know. It's, it seemed fine. And then um, after dinner, she, it just kind of hung with her. She couldn't get over like, you know, what was different about this? So she went and she found the can that I'd used. And it turned out I just used a uh, tomato sauce. Nice. <laughs> it's like watery tomato soup. It was, yeah, it was, but I'd mix it with like a little bit of milk. Like I usually do when I make tomato soup. So, you know, I, I thought it would pass off uh, just fine. <laughs> and, and it didn't. And she is so quick to tell anybody that story when you know, we talk about when we first started dating and, how I tried to cook dinner for her, and now it's the tomato sauce slash soup story. Nice. Oh, I'm I'm trying to find some details about mine because I just remembered what it was. All right, <laughs> I had I'll trouble. Say my, I'll say mine. Um, so when my wife and I uh, were dating, she broke up with me just just constantly um, <laughs> because she was in she was in aeronautical engineering school. She wanted to you know go and work for NASA. She wanted a career. She wanted and I was going to screw all that up. And so she liked me, uh, but she didn't want to date me. And so we would date, but then she'd break up with me. And then later we would date, but then she, anyways. Um, and so she had just broken up with me one time and then called me up and said, hey, you know, is it all right if I come over? And I was like, yeah, 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 
you can come over. That's that's fine. Uh, so I was living with my parents at the time, and uh, uh, they lived out of the city. And so at night, it was super dark, and you could see the stars. And I had just gotten this really huge, nice telescope for my birthday. And so before she came over, I, I had this blanket set out uh, in the field by my parents' house. And I had the telescope set up and you know snacks and everything like that. And I'm like, this is going to be romantic. I'm going to win her back. This is going to be awesome. And so she comes over. Uh, we're hanging out. And it's like, hey, you know, I set this thing up. You know, do you want to come look at the stars with me? She's like, yeah, sure. And so we go out on this blanket in this field, um, and we wanted to look at the moon. Uh, but the problem was that the moon was like straight up, and so to be able to look at the moon in this telescope, we had to like make the legs of the telescope as far out as they could, and then get the telescope all the way up. And the only way we could look in the eyepiece was to lay down on the ground and look in the eyepiece. And so both of us were laying on our stomachs, you know, by this telescope, looking at the moon and kind of talking. And then I had this little voice in my head that's like, dude, you know those romantic moments the girls like tell their friends about? This is one of those moments. You need to kiss her. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And so she was looking, <laughs> she was looking through the telescope and I closed my eyes and I leaned in and I kissed her. And I was like, wait a minute. She doesn't feel like that. And I opened my eyes and she had backed up like away from the telescope and was looking at me because when I closed my eyes before going into the kiss, my trajectory is off. And so I was kissing the telescope. Nice. And so she had backed up. <laughs> she had backed up and she was looking at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, trying to be romantic? It's like, you failed, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kissed a telescope. <clears throat> That's awesome. Wes, really quick before you go, I guess my wife is listening to the live stream right now, and she's really quick to uh, correct uh, my story that it was spaghetti sauce, not tomato sauce. And she was, also says, if I'm going to say it, I better say it right. So I guess she wanted <laughs> nice. to offer offer that correction. <laughs> So this this episode is not anonymous for whatever I say. <laughs> I love that. Always watching. Thanks, you honey. Say it, say it right. I think it's why There's she likes telling it. Uh, let me see if I remember all the details. I haven't told this story in a while. I'll probably mess it up, but I'll try it. All right. So I was in I was stationed in Virginia Beach, or I was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, and I lived in Virginia Beach at the time when I was in the Navy. And my uncle or my his daughter or cousin or some family member had a wedding reception at a very fancy hotel in Virginia Beach. It's one of the oldest ones. It's called the Cavalier. It was built in like the twenties or something and like it's right on the ocean. It's like presidents stayed there, kind of level of fanciness. All right. And so I had a reception that was that I attended that was for a family member. It was really swanky and nice. I had like pool inside and it was just done up really nicely. Right. And I was, let's see, Catherine had visited a few weeks later and I was telling her about how cool it was. And I was like, Hey, we could probably just go over there and I can show you like the lobby and stuff and kind of mull around in there to show you how neat it was and kind of give you an idea of, the fanciest, because I was like the fanciest place I had been to before. And it was kind of neat and novel kind of thing. And so we go to the Cavalier, and it was, it's nighttime on the weekend. And we pull into the parking lot, and there was tons of cars, but not like typical cars. They were like old classic cars. And there, were sign, there was signage up about how this was like a car show that, that weekend. And I guess all the attendees of the car show were inside the hotel, um, like in the lobby and stuff, like mingling with each other. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. We can, I mean, it's not illegal or anything to go into a lobby of a hotel. It's not like a, they closed off the whole thing. We're, I'll just show you like the different areas, the open common areas, and maybe we'll go up to like there's like an observation deck or something. You can kind of see out like one of the hallways and see the view and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's that sounds nice. Let's do that. So we go inside, and we're, I'm showing her around, and there are people – that are dressed not abnormally, just kind of normal. Uh, but there's a couple people that were like in full sailor outfits too, which is not strange. 
because I'm in um, the big, largest military um, and naval complex in the world, right? In in this area of Virginia. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I wouldn't wear my uniform to this, but whatever. And they were kind of in the distance. I didn't get a, a good look at them. It was just kind of, I, I noticed it. It's not something normal you would see. And so we're like looking around. I'm like, hey, let's go up to the uh, the, the deck, the observation deck. We'll go up through this elevator and go up there. And so we, we go up and we look at the view. It was all nice. And then we go back down and there are other people in the elevator with us and there were certain things that we started noticing before we happened to get in the elevator that kind of all came together at that moment kind of like when you're watching the movie and the audience is in on a joke before the actors know what's happening and they kind of come to that realization point and it's kind of like a comedic moment well someone said uh is this elevator going down? And one of the guys says, yeah, I, I hope so. Like in a super seductive, sultry way. And so I like look over at Catherine and she's looking around and we're like, what? And we realize that it's like the Lambda car club. And apparently Lambda is a symbol. We didn't know this back then that um, gay rights organizations kind of latch onto. It's like, it's like a, a text version of a rainbow. <laughs> so the Lambda Greek symbol is often used in the homosexual direction. And so I didn't realize this. And so there's all the sailors were like, like, Hey, I'm a sailor, fake sailor, like gay. And it's just kind of like, not that's a problem. It's just, there were all these things that kind of, we, we were trying to blend in and it was completely obvious that we were standing out in this collection of people. And it was just kind of like, wait, what? Huh? And then we're like recalling all these things in our mind and we just kind of like looked at each other like, oh, this is strangely awkward all of a sudden. And <laughs> it was just very bizarre. Hopefully I told it well to make it entertaining. I don't know. But they all got out and they're like giggling as they left. And we're just like, huh. That's, hmm. was, <laughs> I don't know. So like saying. village people, sailor. Not village like... people, sailor. It was at a distance. So I couldn't like tell they were like regulation or whatever. But it was just like all these things that as we look back on the night, I, some of them are forgotten to me over time. This is like 20 years ago, but there were several other hints that we just didn't pick up on along the way that it all kind of congealed at that moment. You're like, huh? Huh? Like, look. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We were trying to be all super stealth and it was obvious that we were not being such. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Sean, as I just not surprising. Well, no, just I found out that my kids are listening live to the episode, so they got a very interesting story told to them tonight. <laughs> but they're cracking up over Donovan kissing the telescope, so maybe that balances out. I don't know. <laughs> These are the things that we remember. Yes. Hmm. You got any more? Anybody you, want any me more? To, yes. you want me to throw another one out there? How, how are we doing for time? How, yeah. Do we have another it's close. But we can do one more since this. Is I think. Special. I think. I think one more. Uh, one more question. Yeah. One more question. That's like. Uh, that's like a quick question. Mm. Okay. Um, what is the weirdest or grossest thing you've ever eaten? We've actually done that at one point. You guys remember? No. Man. Oh, you guys' memory's worse than mine now. Well, yeah, I'm usually the one that can't remember anything. Hmm. I could go first. Uh, okay, I I can ask a different question if you guys if you guys want to. Do you count your steps? My watch counts my steps. I only ask that because um, I live in a two story house, and I work in a building where uh, people are seg- are on different floors, and so I'm constantly going up and down stairs. And I always count the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I and do too. I realized I didn't understand like why why do I always count the stairs? And I realized it's because sometimes I have to carry stuff, or sometimes I'm carrying a child, and I want to know exactly how many stairs there are for me to go down, uh, so that there's no surprises. Um, so subconsciously, I'm always I'm always counting my steps when I'm on the stairs. I have a love hate relationship with stairs. 
because I seem to like the top, the higher you go in a, in a staircase, the more I take for granted that I'm on the staircase and you misjudge a step and you end up tripping on one. And I live in a two story house and this happens to me probably every other day where I get that weird, like, oh, oh, nope. Like I misjudge where my foot needs to be. And then I stumble a little bit and I like subconsciously laugh at myself and then call myself an idiot at the same time. And then the other day I was standing at the top of the stairs and Tiff was coming up and she did the same thing. I was like, ha! she was, I do that all the time. And I'm like, and this is why we're meant to be. Cause you're just as I guess clumsy as I am walking up a routine set of boxes. Wes, do you live in a two story house? I do. Plus the basement. So I really have three mm-hmm. stories. So all four of us have two story houses yep. and, I, and I hate it. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, find we're it. actually yeah. selling our house, and moving into a one-story. I like it because I'm isolated now mm-hmm. in my little dungeon down here. They can't hear me. I can run the table saw, and I won't wake anybody up. Lucky. <laughs> so, Donovan, what do you do for a living, if you don't mind divulging um, that? Because <clears throat> I am not stereotypical geek enough. If you were to guess what I did for a living, what do you think? I'd... I thought we had asked you before. Aren't you, yeah, did you editing for? No, I uh, I I do IT. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess I didn't know. Yeah, I do, I do IT for a uh, for an oil company that's here in Oklahoma. So I work Reset downtown. My passwords. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, basically. I always felt so bad for our. I was talking to a rig out in the Gulf of Mexico last night at like late hours, trying trying to. Okay, can you click the start button? The what? Okay, the little Windows icon in the bottom left corner of your screen. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, this is gonna take forever. Yeah, I I uh, I used to like the IT crowd before I started working in IT, and now that I work in IT, mm-hmm. I love the IT crowd. It's a great show. It is so true. Like all of it, all of it is just uh, it's on point. Yeah, that's what I do. I do. A, for the for the time being, I do IT uh, for an oil company. So, Sean's a teacher. Sean's is a full time geeksmith. Slash video, I'm dad. Yeah, I shoot video and build projects, and I like to make stuff. Yep. And with our powers combined, we are the making geeks. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best impersonation. Before we wrap things up, do you have any impersonations you can do? Or like to do. Oh, come on, Sean. You gotta have one. I have nothing. Oh. It's why I was destined to be behind the camera, not in front of it, because I, I got nothing. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I used to do Mickey... Back when I worked for Disney, I would do Mickey Mouse all the time, or uh, I don't even know if I could do it again. I can't do oh, it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Donald Duck. Nice. Someone's practiced. <laughs> I I used to be really good at it actually. I would uh <laughs> I used to like playing with people that came in the park and so I would uh I would get those big dolls uh in the stores and I would like hide behind the little, you know, dividers in between the aisles and I would hold the doll up and I would like start talking in Mickey's voice or Donald's voice. The kids loved it. The parents are like, what's, what's going on? Um <laughs> but yeah, I used to do that all the time. What about you, Josh? Oh, man. I don't know. Give me a hard time. No, I just <laughs> drew a blank. I'm not against it. I just can't think of one. Did you ever watch uh, Bewitched? Yep. Okay. Uh, or uh, uh, Charlotte's Web, Charlatan the Rat. The fair is a veritable smorgasbord, smorgasbord. That, no? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah, that was voiced by Paul Lind. And I used to do Paul Lind all the time, especially with Thriller. So it's darkness falls across the land. <laughs> Midnight hour is close at hand. <laughs> Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrify your grandma. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's Paul Lind. This show got so much better. <laughs> this is so much fun in the silliest way. Yeah. My my only thing that even is, is even close to that isn't even an impression. It's it's just a, it's a speaking in old English. That's like the closest thing I have that's even like Beowulf. Beowulf. Yeah, 
I had to yeah, remember. Baby. I, I had you to leveled up. <laughs> three years yeah. and I haven't done that. I'm I'm shocked. Our female listenership just went up by like a thousand percent. All right, all right. Dude, Dude, that is that you? you can romance the stone with that Man. one. That is fantastic. It's even better if you say it in like a demonic voice. Because you can start freaking people out. No, it's like the thing about um, because I I'm fluent in Chinese, and the thing about speaking Chinese, it is not romantic at all. It is oh my gosh, um, but now it, I, it you just made me want to learn old English English because that sounded fantastic. I had to learn it in college. I had to read all of Beowulf in, in old English and Chaucer in Middle English. While the opera of the Shudasut, the throat the march hath pierced to the roots, and like we had to yeah, that was part of my studies. Wow. That's cool. Being up in Montana, I don't know if it was just the fact that we were so culturally behind the rest of the country, but like I grew up actually learning Latin in school. My son's like learning this, Latin. Yeah, just as, you know, part of the curriculum. Like Damodos Matos Gradius, and like all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Man, this is not applicable to like anything. No, actually it is. Field. And no. then you're like, Oh, oh yeah, I understand yeah. I understand everything now. So yeah. Literature and medical. Yeah. Or um or law, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that. I took four years of French living in Florida, thinking I was the dumbest person in the world and then was stationed in Belgium for four years and then I was the one I had to speak to everybody because I could speak French better than most of the people that I was around. That's a yeah. see, that's another one that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm envious of your guys' linguistic skills. See I'm French, but I don't fr- I don't speak French, I speak Spanish, so it's above appetit français, just a little bit. Yeah, pig Latin's all I got. Sorry. Nice. All right, so about that time. Where do you guys? <laughs> it's fun geeking, episode. Yeah. <laughs> where are you guys geeking out about? Uh, I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram today, uh, but late last night I got a message from somebody that sent me a link to Once Upon a Deadpool. I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they are releasing a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 that is told in the Princess Bride uh, fashion. And so oh. Fred Savage and Ryan Reynolds are <laughs> redoing Deadpool 2 as Princess Bride as a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2, if that makes sense. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was my post today on Instagram. I'm like, sure, first I do it. And then Ryan Reynolds and Fred Savage jump on the whole once upon a bandwagon. I see how it is. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm actually kind of excited for that. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen Deadpool two, and I'm I'm interested in seeing what Disney is going to do with all of these properties that they just bought up to Disneyify them. So it will be interesting to see what how that uh, how that turns out. Absolutely. I'll mention two things really quick. One is a show on Netflix called Everything Sucks. And these high school kids takes place in the 1990s. And it's it's kind of like typical high school drama. And it's kind of a... If you have to compare it, I think it's the, the like a new version of Freaks and Geeks in a way. Except that with it being mm-hmm. on Netflix, there's a little bit less um, restrictions on what they can do. And I, I think it's pretty pretty good. And then even more so is I finally printed out or 3D printed something I designed from scratch Hey-o. in Blender. And it printed pretty well. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It's kind of satisfying to create something digitally and see it in physical form. And I'm planning out, planning on turning these into, and in, for all of our listeners who are listening to the podcast, check out the, um, the live stream on YouTube if you want to see what it is. It's basically the logo for the school as a shield because we're the Vikings. And I want to turn them into keychains and then have like some of the clubs sell them for fundraisers and stuff. That's fantastic. It looks really cool, too, with the different elevations in the, the background. Yeah, I mean, because the shield looks is, is like black and yellow, but you can't really show that on a 3D print. So I had to do something more dimensional to, to get it to show. Sweet. I am geeking out. I picked up uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. For the Xbox One, I'm so jealous. I put maybe, you, you and 170 other million people. I'm so well, jealous. yeah. The the first one I really enjoyed. Uh, I've only got like an hour into it, so I'm barely scratched the surface. But I'm not completely enthralled with it. Or have issues with it so far, but hopefully I get over them. Minor squabbles, but it's fun. Let me see. 
to throw back to Princess Bride, uh, we just finished House of Cards, the latest episode, uh, season of House of Cards, with Robin Wright. She's the president now. Uh, I don't like it so much. This is the the season that they got rid of Kevin Spacey because he allegedly was like fooling around with young boys or some weird thing. So they fired him from the show, and uh, it's not that good, in my opinion. But uh, we finished Daredevil season three. And I want to talk about it with somebody because I don't know how I feel about it. Working on it. I'm, I've got mixed mixed emotions about the show that I've come to love so much. I would love to hear what you have to say on it because I, th- I think that would be some uh, good conversation there. Yeah, maybe for another day. But this weekend is my anniversary and I'm trying to figure out something to do. And I found this super secret speakeasy up in Louisville that is in this um, like and curio antique store. It has a secret room or secret door. They lead you down into this like really nice jazz club slash bar kind of thing that you have to like answer questions or know the password and have reservations to get into. So I'm that pretty is, I've been to one of those. It is fantastic. You're going to have a blast. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it. But guys, the, the staff is all dressed up in like 1920s garb and there's like a library and like big velvet chairs and stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. And Wes, we're going to, we're going to try our best to go to super chefs, that restaurant that we talked about that we didn't get to go to. We're going to go to super chefs and we're going to a super secret speakeasy and then come home and hang out with our kids. Sounds like fun. Yeah. You are muted, Sean. So I'm pretty sure you're saying something awesome right now. <laughs> well, we would love to hear from all of you. Go ahead and check out our website, makinggeeks.com. And right there on the contact page, you can send us any questions or suggestions you have for the show. On the homepage of the site, you can listen to all of our past episodes and take a look at all the past guests we've had on the show, including Donovan, who is no longer a guest, but the fourth member of the podcast. And if you have a chance, go ahead and check out the reviews and add a review of your own on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And I'd like to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash makinggeeks, including our top patron, Mr. Clinton from C3D Prop Shop. Thank you, Stuart, for your patronage. We appreciate it. And all of our patrons uh, for putting their money where our mouth is, keeping us on there. We do love you guys. So head over to patreon.com slash making geeks. Donovan, you want to do the, the podcast social? Oh, uh, uh, we, we, uh, we are just say uh, making geeks a whole bunch of times with all the different social media. <laughs> you, you can find us on YouTube and the other stuffs. At Making Geeks. <laughs> I don't, I don't hey, know what I'm Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. It's good. You're a natural. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, right. get a, if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can find Sean at Geek Builders, find Wes at Geek Smithing, find Donovan at Once Upon a Workbench, and you can find me at The PI Workshop. And we like to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Donovan, welcome. Thank you. Um, welcome. This is a super fun episode. Hopefully, if you're new to the uh, to the podcast, you get to know a little bit more about us, get to be introduced to our new homeboy, Donovan. And from all of us to all of you, we hope you have a fantastic week. See you guys. Take care. You say bye. Oh, bye. Sorry. Good job. <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> Such a solid start, too. He had such potential.